0: All right, y'all. Part three coming up in just one second with Tom Westerham, old friend, old, old friend from uh, the early, early days here on the Chase Thomas podcast. So very, very excited that Tom Westerham of the Boston Globe was able to stop by and talk all things Boston Celtics. Uh, Tom's just one of the OGs here on the Jason was podcast so it was great to be able to uh, catch up with Tom and uh, talk all things Celtics we talked to Ime his first year and differences differences between him and Brad we talked about Kevin Durant and what that trade looks like between him and uh, Jalen Brown uh, how this would affect the Celtics contention window the Celtics are contenders right now with or without um, Kevin Durant in the room like there's just a lot to discuss like the depth Signings that they've made this offseason, how Gallo and um, Malcolm Brogdon fit into all of this. There was just a lot to parse through um, with the Watson Celtics as they head into uh, next season where they're the defending Eastern Conference champions. So uh, it was a lot of fun talking all things Celtics with Tom as we wrap up here on a Wednesday, July 27th edition of the program. Don't forget, folks, if you missed uh, part two and part one, it's all in one spot on your favorite podcast player. So check those out uh, with rich DeBroff and john taylor part one and part two respectively uh if you have not already done so but as always i appreciate you guys making the chase most podcast part of your daily listen wherever and however you listen to the program we greatly appreciate it this is a daily sports show national sports show that uh we cover everything so um like the boston celtics here on a wednesday so uh don't forget like us on youtube youtube.com slash chase Most podcast uh like and subscribe there and all that good stuff. But uh all right, let's wrap up here on a Wednesday. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast the Chase Thomas Podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to the Chase Thomas Podcast, taping this late on a Tuesday. Tom Westerholm of the Boston Globe. The Boston Globes, Tom Westerholm, is here. Tom, good evening, sir. How are good you? Good evening. I'm doing well, man. How are you? Long time no no talk, man. It's just I'm excited because you're an OG. You're someone I've known for a really long time in this industry. But uh, you settled, man. You're a Minnesota guy, T Wolves guy, and then uh, <laughs> you were uh, we didn't know Iowa, all that stuff. And then it was just like, nope, Boston's for Tom. Boston Tom is what they call you now. That's what folks are saying.
1: Uh, the, the 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 more and more streets are saying Boston mm-hmm. Tom. Yes, <laughs> correct.
0: <laughs> leaves Tom Westerham enters. Like that's just how it works got to always have a big time tom in uh in boston so i'm extremely happy for you man and uh i just it's just awesome because you you've been one of the best basketball writers for a really long time and uh i just love that uh it's still working and everything else but uh and to see you succeed and all that good stuff but um yeah how uh very much man absolutely how like you've been how many now have you been on the celtics beat like total well
1: uh let's see so i started blogging and stuff in uh 20 boy i don't even know um that's what i'm
0: saying like i feel like it's been longer than i even would guess at this point it's
1: been a long i've been i've been been writing about the celtics for a long time probably like Mm. 2013 was probably Mm -hmm. when i first started on like celtics town and then yeah like um you know a few years there and then uh you know a few years with celtics hub and then yeah mass live and now yeah with boston.com and then the and the globe and everything yeah it's been uh it's bad i've been i've been hanging around this team and uh you know uh writing about this team for for some time now
0: well uh when you think about it though with brad and now he's been elevated in the last two years and ma udoka and getting to know him and a new new voice in the room like what it, what did you find is the biggest difference between Ima and Brad as coaches. What did what did you find was the biggest difference?
1: Well, I, I think um, the the biggest one was just the way that E-may, um interacted with his players, right? Because like mm. he and he and Brad were um, kind of similar in terms of like you know both defensive minded guys who you know like you know certainly I uh, can 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 coach offense can can kind of. Um, make make things happen on that end too but really focus on the defensive end and really focus on um you know trying to try to shut down the other team come up with like these switching schemes i mean Ime was you know really aggressive with that this season obviously um but yeah i mean like Ime was is, has always just been very direct right with like mm-hmm. the media and with and i think with his players too i think you know he he will call out who he needs to call out he will you know you know if you ask him questions in the media he's pretty honest like he doesn't he doesn't hold back a lot and it's um, it's, it's, it's a very interesting contrast with Brad who, you know, was, was always very polite and always, you know, perfectly happy to answer your question in a, you know, kind of a Midwestern way, which I, mm-hmm. as a Midwestern guy kind of appreciated, but I think, uh, you know, email, email tell you, you know, you ask him mm-hmm. a question and email will tell you what he what he thinks. And sometimes you'll ask him a question and email will tell you what he thinks about something else. Cause he's just, uh, he's got something to say. So um, I, I think that was a benefit to this year's team. I think um, having that guy who just, you know, will, will tell you what he thinks uh, made a big difference.
0: How much of a loss is it to lose Will Hardy after year one with Ime?
1: I think it's a loss. I do think that the Celtics were braced for it, right? Okay. Like, I mean, he's he's a really good coach, and I think they knew a really good assistant coach. He's been well-respected and everything. I mean, Eme said, you know, th- this offseason, he's like, yeah, I mean, we didn't want to lose him, but we kind of mm. figured that this was not going to be kind of a long-term thing. This felt like kind of a last stop before he got a head coaching job, even as young as he is. Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a loss. He's, he's a very good coach, and, uh, you know, the Celtics will miss him, but... It was not something that I think that, that took the team by surprise.
0: Do you think it hurt more because it was Danny Ainge in Utah? Do you think that mattered at all in what happened there? And do you think that has caught, that ruffled any feathers on either side?
1: I don't know if it ruffled feathers. I did think it was very funny that there were all these, you know, as the Celtics advanced further and further in the playoffs, you know, before mm-hmm. each game you get the list of celebrities, right? The, yeah. the list of people who are showing up and, you know, Gucci Mane was always on there because <laughs> he's, he's pals with Jalen. And, you know, there's like mm-hmm. – you know, like all kinds of, uh, yeah, I mean, Boston really gets mid-tier celebrities as opposed to like a place like L.A., if we're being completely honest. But yeah. not, aside from Gucci, obviously, Gucci being the exception yeah. the mid-tier. But uh, it was always funny because <laughs> on those lists, we would get Danny Age was on mm-hmm. there. And it would always be like, oh, I just kind of assumed that, you know, like the camera would pan to him and he was just kind of, you know, checking things out. But, I, I mean, look, man, maybe he was uh, checking out Will Hardy, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe he was there to, uh, to do a little talent evaluation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean I, I don't think that I don't think feathers were ruffled necessarily because mm. again I do think that the Celtics were expecting this. So um, you know, if anything, I mean it's you know, I, I think Danny and Brad certainly have a, a good relationship. I, I wonder mm. if they uh you know, I think all sides might be kind of happy for everybody at this point
0: when it didn't look great because now we've just moved past it where you just it's it's interesting how quickly things can change in the nba i mean yes. i just see this with the hawks where it's like eastern conference finals and it's like you're fighting for your playoff lives and they probably shouldn't even made the playoffs this past year um and wouldn't have in uh the previous the the pre-play in era they would not have made the playoffs um i'm just very curious because we'll move on from this and now it's just like the Celtics are awesome. The Celtics are good. They're a contender. And it's like when you read, um, like I was listening to uh, Real GM Radio and I was listening to Matt Moore and um, more OGs and Danny Larue talk about their tiers, right? And I always like, that's a really good pod that they do every year. And the Celtics are in their own tier. So like the Celtics are one of three teams. It's like, I think they had uh, Celtics, Bucks and Warriors. And I think one other person had Clippers in tier one. That was not the case like six months ago. That was not the case before last year. And now we've gotten to the point where they're just tier one. And that is super interesting to me because when the Kevin Durant stuff comes out, you're like, well, if everyone around the league and a lot of really smart people, and I'm sure Brad and you may feel this way too, is that like, if we see ourselves as tier one and Grant Williams was on our network, Blue Wire Pod Network on Longshot uh, talking about like we were the better team, but they were more disciplined and talking about stuff like that where it's like. Okay, well, there's a belief in that locker room that they are potentially better and we're better than the Golden State Warriors, but it just didn't work out that way. If all that's true, then why would you make I, I understand Boston fans are like it's Kevin Durant and like NBA fans? It's just, it always goes down to the lowest common denominator and just the silliest conversations where it's like, you just have to do it if you're Scotty Barnes. And it's like, no, there's more nuance involved here. But like I just think it's super interesting on a multitude of levels, is that. If you believe that they're in your own tier, you, in the building, they believe they're in their own tier, smart people believe they're in their own tier, and that everyone seems to think that you got through that hump in January, February, and that team meeting and everything else pushed you into contention, why would you want to rock that boat with a situation where every team around this league would kill to have a wing combination of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? I, I just don't really get it. Like When I saw that come out, I was like, I understand it's coming to Ramp, but I don't really get it. What do you make of all that?
1: Well, just so to just to some of the stuff that you were saying, I think there's there's a few things there. One, um, it's interesting to bring up the you know the fact that the Celtics are considered in their own tier now mm-hmm. because not only was that not the case before the season, that wasn't the case halfway through the season, right? You know, like that was that was a team that lost to a complete JV squad, Timberwolves, you know, mm-hmm. like that that didn't have any starters, didn't have any rotation players. I mean, they. they they lost a lot of bad games. They were a Mm -hmm. really mediocre team for the first half of the season. I believe it was, they were 22 uh, Man, you know, if you'd caught me a month ago, I would have been able to rattle it (laughs) off. Exactly. But I think they were 22 and 23 or 23 and 24. Mm -hmm. Um, They were pretty deep into the season. They were decidedly mediocre. Um, You know, if you're the Celtics, I think you look at what you've built and you think, okay, like we have a good team and we, you know, we've built a contender, all that stuff. But I mean, I, I do wonder if in the back of your head, you're a little bit like, And we hit like a really hot streak, right? Mm -hmm. Like there was, there was a, you know, undeniably they hit a hot streak and that continued through the playoffs. And, and, you know, they did. Yeah. They, they, they beat the bucks. They were one game and maybe Chris Middleton away from losing that series. They beat the heat. They were one Jimmy Butler three-pointer away from losing that series. I mean, I I still think that the Celtics are contenders and I still think that they are one of the NBA's best teams. I think Brad has done a really impressive job of assembling a a core around his other core right like a, a bench guys and everything that he's done this offseason but you know I, I think one thing about Kevin Durant is that he is completely undeniable right mm. you, you know like if he is healthy you know what you are getting and it is a top 10 top 15 player of all time like he's just an all-time great you know you said teams would kill to have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum teams would also kill to have Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant right like it's that is another great, but well, that's a
0: true serum thing that I would love to know is like people say that on the surface, but how based on what we've seen by Kevin Durant's choices and who he signed up to, like you're paying Deandre Jordan. If you want me in the building, like that's <laughs> part of the deal where it's not just Kevin Durant. And that's what drives me nuts. It's like, that's not it. It's not just the basketball player. Yeah. If it's just the basketball player and you, he's committed for four years. Yeah, obviously you like, I get that. But like, that's not reality like reality is he has a lot of cachet in this league he is a star that can push and he's like hey if i don't vibe with tatum he's out too like you could quickly (laughs) see this it it just doesn't work like that there's other layers to this where if he doesn't like marcus smart or he doesn't like brogdon or he doesn't like Ime or there is he has so much cachet that like I, i just i think we we discount that and it's not that kevin durant's a team killer or anything like that it's just There, We've seen that there's more stuff at play than just the basketball fit of upgrading Kevin Durant from uh, Jalen Brown. It's so much more than that.
1: Yeah, I I agree entirely. And and for the record, that's one of the several reasons why I wouldn't make the trade. Hmm. I'm kind of at this position where I if I were in charge, which I am decidedly not and have (laughs) no interest in being, um, Hmm. I would not trade Kevin Durant or I would not trade Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant, because mm-hmm. I think that like all the stuff that you said is a hundred percent true. I think, you know, Jason Tatum today was, uh, was asked about it and he, he just basically was like, I, I'm not part of this. You know, I love this team. I love our guys. To me, that's a pretty ringing endorsement, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's noteworthy that, you know, cause Tatum could have just said, I don't want to talk about that stuff. I don't want to talk about that stuff. The fact that he did say, I love our team. I love the guys that we've got that matters, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that, that kind of, and so, I mean, that's one of several reasons why I I would keep this team together. I also think there is something to the idea that during Danny Ainge's tenure, the Celtics were, were a team that was considered kind of cold blooded, right. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Especially thanks to the Isaiah Thomas thing, you know, Brad Stevens can come in now and he can kind of kill that around the league by having a homegrown team where Mm -hmm. four of the five starters were drafted by the Celtics. One of them is kind of a Celtics, you know, like, I mean, it's Al Horford, right. Where, I think you know. With my apologies to your Hawks, like I, I think that he's going to be remembered as a Celtic primarily really? after his career.
0: I don't um, know about he, that. I don't
1: know okay. about that. I mean, that? I, I think he's he's made he's made uh, two Eastern Conference, or three Eastern Conference Finals, and a uh, and a Finals now with the Celtics. You know, I think.
0: But um, when was he a all? When was he the all star with the the four guys and one? The player of the month was just the starting lineup. Who could forget that 61 uh, team in the number one overall seed where he was arguably the best player on that team? Who can forget know. that? Who amongst <laughs> among <laughs> us? Who amongst among <laughs> us? I say,
1: no. But I mean, it, it, it's one way or the other. You know, it's a conversation. Horford, yeah. 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 it is 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 very much you know like Celtics fans have embraced him, right? Yeah. It, it is this team of this very likable team that like is 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 very Boston right now mm-hmm. and I mean I think there's something to that like you know if you can shed some of that you know like I, I don't think I, I don't think Anthony Davis was ever coming to Boston anyway but if you can shed some of that excuse that his dad gave where he was like look at the way they treated Isaiah Thomas like I don't think that's a bad thing and yeah if you can do that while having a contender I mean that's what's most important we know this team is a contender so right I mean you know anyway I I, I would not make that move but I I also do kind of see like you know, like you said, you said it, it, it. It's it's kind of reductive, but it is Kevin Durant. Like that's Like he's a he's a very uh, very good basketball player. So I, I I do kind of see both sides while leaning more toward the don't make the move
0: kind of. Yeah, kind of. I just think like, is it bad that it got out though? Is it bad? Like because Jalen Brown tweets out SMH. Like how much would you put it? Like you know Jalen Brown. Like you're around him a lot. Like does he strike you as the kind of guy who would be. Uh, offended or do you think he's more of the kind of guy who's like it's a business day-to-day it's a business I'm here as long as I'm here I understand that it's Kevin Durant like that kind of big picture understanding of just like how it works not taking things personally because some guys just take it personally some guys don't does he strike you as the kind of guy who would take that personally
1: well I think I I wouldn't say necessarily I think it all kind of depends what Brad Stevens tells him right like because Brad Stevens goes to him and says like you know listen like you know we called about Kevin Durant and, you know, they brought your name up and like, you know, that was kind of the package that, you know, like, I think there's ways to kind of talk your way around that. Um, and like, if he does that and and if he makes it clear to Jalen, like, look, we didn't want to make this trade because we want you, we we think Mm -hmm. that you're super valuable to our team. And, and, you know, like ultimately we just, we chose you over Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a pretty powerful thing to tell a guy, right? Like, um, and, and I think, I, I I wouldn't say that I think that Jalen is going to be out as a result of this. I think yeah. it's more likely to me that like maybe Jalen wants to kind of, you know, stretch. Like if Jalen was going to leave, it might be because he wants to kind of stretch out somewhere, right? Like mm. it might be because he wants to see what he can do. Uh, and I, I think that the Celtics, you know, like they could do that in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, right. Like, I mean,
0: there's, there's. I don't think TJ Warren's gonna be too much of a, a impediment <laughs> to him just uh, dominating that wing spot.
1: Well, and I mean, the thing that always makes me laugh about the uh, the Scotty Barnes stuff is it's like, yeah. uh, like Scotty and, and Ben Simmons. Is that mm-hmm. what we're doing here? Okay. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that.
0: Well, I think um, in I think in anything where I. I will say about that is like Simmons is out. Like if you move Kevin Durant, I think they're moving Simmons right after. I don't think they care. Like there's no chance Ben Simmons is a part of their long-term core. Like Simmons is just a throw in for uh, the Harden trade where it's just like to make it look a lot better than it actually like, Hey, it's not, it's, it's the, this is fine thing where it's like, see, we lost Harden, but we got another all-star in uh, Ben Simmons. Like it's fine. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's fair. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I think,
1: I wouldn't say that this getting out is now I I don't think it's good. You know, like I don't (laughs) think it's like a good thing that it got out, but I don't think it's like the end of Jalen's tenure in Boston or anything like that. I think it's it's something that you can you can bounce back from if uh, if you decide that you want to keep him. I think those conversations can absolutely happen.
0: Who do you think called who first? Do you think it's Mark's calling Brad or Brad calling uh, Sean?
1: Uh, Well, I think uh, it was definitely Sean calling uh, Shams and Woj. Uh, (laughs) I think we can say that with some certainty. Mm. Um, Yeah, like I think uh, it's it's an interesting question, right? And I think it kind of speaks to why if these two teams are going to have these conversations, it kind of speaks to why they can have a staring contest now Mm. because it's Kevin Durant and the Celtics have the best possible, um, you know, uh, piece in a Kevin Durant trade. So like you know sean marks can kind of stare at brad stevens and be like hey man jalen knows that he was part of the package now and brad can stare back at sean and be like okay like you're not getting anything better than jalen brown yep. uh so you know I, it's uh I don't, I don't know who called who first if, if i were to guess i would i mean i'm, I'm sure brad called him right like i hmm. mean everybody's kind of doing their due diligence but um yeah it's a that's an interesting question i i if i were to guess probably brad but it's uh it's not clear
0: Something tells me Brad will never reveal that one.
1: Brad will never reveal anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, don't see that happening.
1: I am curious. What I do you? Think? Say, I will say that my impression is that uh, it's like Brad is keeping a pretty um, tight fist on everything with everyone hmm. right now.
0: <laughs> He's like, I think, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's probably fair to say. Okay. Um, it's also interesting, too, because like the Kevin Durant thing, part of the other aspect of this is like we saw Tatum exhausted like he had nothing left in the finals where yep. if anything the celtics need more depth like that was the whole thing it's like if you're trading for duran you're moving on from uh jalen brown you're gonna have to give up more than you're getting back like you're gonna ha- the team will get thinner and uh, i mean look two top 10 players two top five scorers in this league yes that helps a lot but i think what we learned in this league and i think what we've learned uh basically from the bubble on is depth wins like it's one thing to have stars but like if you don't have nine to ten, the reason the heat are still just fighting for the finals every year is because of their depth where they can be like okay duncan robinson you're going to start this series and you're not going to play this series like we can do whatever we want to do but we have options where it's like victor oladipo get out there like it's just part of you have to you still have the stars and bam and jimmy but you can't just be a thin team anymore that's just not not reality so if the celtics do that i would just be as a boston fan people just pencil in the lakers so i'm saying it's like the lakers i did not have them in the playoffs last year i don't think they're a playoff team this year i yeah. i think there is a real possibility the bronze already played his last important playoff game like i think that's a real possibility which sucks but yeah i just i don't see it like the game has changing. they've played so many minutes and so many games from the bubble on that i would just be terrified if i'm a contender sacrificing a bunch of depth for a superstar I don't think you can win titles like that anymore I think they run out of gas and I think you just put too much on these guys bodies to make to run the gambit like that is that fair
1: it's very fair I think the Celtics are actually uniquely set up to do that if they want to because Mm. the you know they can trade Jalen and 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 one of the reasons that I think you heard you know like like okay the Celtics offered Derek White and Mm. I think one of the really smart things that Sean Marks did is he put the pressure on that one he's like okay, you're not getting Derek White's good. You're not getting away with giving me your most superfluous combo guard. You're going to have to give me Marcus Smart. And I think, you know, Brad is, I I don't think that Brad would let Marcus go in this deal. Mm. I think that he would probably pretty much insist on Derek White, but what that could do for Sean Marks is get him like a, you know, a boatload more draft picks. Right. Because Mm. like, I think to your point, um you know the celtics aren't going to want to give up grant williams or whoever it might be um you know depending on how everybody's feeling after he went on your network uh, a little tipsy um, mm. but I, I, whoa,
0: I don't... whoa. <laughs>
1: tipsy was he tipsy yeah he had two he had well, the, he, he talked about having to okay. a bottle a, a, a glass of wine in each hand
0: okay well hey yeah um he, he was the best team in the finals people forget
1: well, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but no, I, I think that the Celtics aren't going to want to give up Grant, right? I mean, he's mm. a, you know, he, he's a, he's a good player. And I also think, yeah. I also think it's kind of, it's funny to imagine he was the guy, he was the guy who shut down Kevin Durant, he and Horford. Mm. That. It's kind of funny to imagine the Nets being like, okay, but you got to give us the Durant stopper <laughs> in this, in this deal for Kevin Durant. Um, so I think what that would end up doing is, is the Celtics would have to give up, you know, Jalen and, and Derek White, and then they would have to load on the picks until Sean Marks was happy. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's risky too. The Celtics they have been giving up picks. You know they've they've been trading those picks to acquire talent. So um, if they do that, they still have Malcolm Brogdon. You know they still have. Um, you know they're if they they can avoid giving up Grant, they still have a pretty deep bench. And that's why I think they would be kind of uniquely set up to to give up two important players in in Jalen and Derek White. Um, hopefully, you know you know they would hope that they could load up the picks and and, and go from there. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I don't think you're wrong. I think that it's very, I think it's crucial to have depth in the, uh, in the playoffs. And if you don't, that can be really the end of
0: things. I love that you threw in Brogdon there because I, I'm not, <laughs> I got Brogdon is a very good theoretical basketball player. Yeah, he well, is that's, a, that's a fair point. Yeah. I just, that was a weird one that was celebrated where I was like, not rather have Derek White. Derek White's going to play. Like I know Derek White's going to play. That man is going to play NBA playoff games. Malcolm Brogdon is not playing 100 and something games in a season like that's what it requires if you're a contender you're looking at 100 plus like you're somewhere in that ballpark I just don't see that we've never seen that with Malcolm Brogdon like this is I mean I I think he has to be viewed through the same lens at this point as Victor Oladipo and I think that's the lens for a lot of these guys now when they get to a certain point. Where like people are looking at him as like, oh, the final piece where he's the third guy with um, with uh, Jason and Jalen. It's like, no, this guy is like someone who should not even be in the rotation right away. Like, it's just like you have Smith, uh, you have White, you have uh, Peyton Pritchard, you have these guys. It's like, no, that, those are the ones you have. And then it's like, hey, if one of those guys go down or they don't have it one series then we're like brogdon how healthy are you can you still get to the rim can you can you do your thing where you're just an amazing cutter and do that stuff that no one else does in the nba um because brogdon is like a totally different player to watch each and every night i like that about him is he's just such a different kind of player that you just no one else plays like milk brogdon in the nba very good player but i think he's in the victor oladipo zone where it's just so many injuries to this point like i just i don't know i think that's a risky investment for this year i i I was pretty dubious about And that, that surprised me. Is that, is that fair? So, yeah, I mean, I, and
1: I said, I think especially it's, it's very interesting in the, in the context of the Celtics potentially trading Derek white. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like part of the, part of the, the thought process with Malcolm Brogdon was that like, he can kind of be that super sub sixth man when he's healthy. And then when he's not, <laughs> yeah. healthy, Derek white can kind of step into that role instead. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's very fair. Um, and I think it does, it, you know, it speaks to, kind of these these complicated conversations that the Celtics are having right now and I do think I mean you know I I I think if if you're betting like Celtics versus the field when it comes to Kevin Durant I just think like the field is a safer bet right like you know I know um you know there have been some takes out there that the Celtics are the favorites and even if that's true I think that it's it's safer to just kind of bet against the contender trading for the superstar but um yeah no I mean I Brogdon has not been healthy uh, throughout his career. There's no denying that
0: whatsoever. So I don't know. I'm just kind of like, I'm dubious because you bring in Danilo Gallinari, who I've watched a lot of Danilo Gallinari. Uh, I don't think a lot of folks in Boston have watched a lot of Danilo Gallinari over the last 12 months because that was another one. It's like he's a bucket and he's just uh, going to be somebody. You can, and I'm like, nope he was a real non-factor down the stretch here in Atlanta and it was borderline unplayable. I don't know if you've had to, any chance to dive into the tape here, Tom, on some defensive positions this past year for yeah. Gallo. Um, not good. Look, Gallo, yeah. a year and a half ago, he was critical in that playoff run. Like the the deep playoff run, yes, that's who he was. That was a really good great player. Last year was not that player. And I just, there is a possibility that Gallo is just not that guy anymore. And he's Just it's it might be over, Um, especially defensively, like the defense doesn't come back like he is going to be rough on that end uh, for the foreseeable future. But banking on like bringing in Brogdon and Gallo are these like names that everyone knows. And I'm like, I don't I just I don't see it. So then that's why I'm even more terrified if I'm a Boston fan of giving up more assets and more young depth for Kevin Durant, where you're like, you have no margin for error. That is so much on Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant and Marcus Smart sh- shoulders that, like, I just, I don't know. That would freak me out as a Boston fan. Yeah, I
1: mean, I think that's fair. Um, you know, I, I, I do think again, if if all you give up is Derek White in terms of players, you know, then you, then like you, so yes, then you are relying on Brogdon, you are relying on that. There, there are other guys kind of waiting in the wings. You know, the, the Celtics have uh, Sam Hauser, who, um, you know, is is kind of theoretical himself at this Mm -hmm. point Um, you know he's he's he missed uh the end of last season with uh you know with an with an injury and Mm -hmm. um you know he which he also left summer league early with that same injury but you know he's kind of that um you know that three-point marksman just like you know supposed to be one of the best like catch and shoot guys um you know out there right now Mm -hmm. you know if, if his defense can can catch up to it then you know he can he might be able to stick too so there are other guys kind of waiting in the wings but I mean, look, I, I'm I also have have been thinking for a while that I think Gallo might be a little overvalued here. I know that the I think the way to kind of look at it is like the, the reaction to these things is like Gallo is seen as the 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 spot up shooter, right? Like that's mm-hmm. all that people want him to do. They just want him to space the floor. Brogdon, you know, didn't have the best shooting year last year. He's he's kind of hit or miss as a three point shooter, but like people just want him to kind of score and fill in the gaps that you know, that the Celtics were missing during the playoffs, you know, and that, that Derek White couldn't, because, I mean, for all of Derek White's many good qualities, he isn't always the most reliable scorer, right? So mm. um, I think if you just kind of look at who the Celtics brought in in terms of, of of the the voids that they can sort of fill, that's what has everybody kind of excited, as opposed to, like, the names necessarily, right? Like, it, like I think people are a little bit less excited about, like, Danilo Gallinari as much as they're excited about Proven Shooter, if that makes mm-hmm. sense.
0: Do you think they're done? Does this signal that because they're talking about Kevin Durant that they are going to do something else? If it's not KD and not the mega swing, that they're going to make some sort of other move?
1: I don't think it really indicates anything. I think um, what's I, I think the only thing that they might still do is is add a backup big man um, hmm. because there was this there was this really interesting moment where where Brad Stevens pretty much explicitly said they were going to add another backup big man in, in a press conference. Like he said, we're going to go out and get somebody else. And then they uh, signed Kevin um, Gelly to a two way contract, and mm. it's like, and all of a sudden, well, it's like, well, um, <laughs> was that what Brad meant? Just like a mm. two way guy? Like I don't. So it does kind of feel like there still might be like a because they do have a void there. Like right now, Luke Cornett is their backup center, and I've spoken to people who speak unbelievably highly of Luke Cornett. I, which I can't speak to one way or the other. They call it, you know I've I've heard people say that he's you know, one of the better centers in the G league. Like, uh, sure. I, I don't really know. Um, but yeah. you know, like, so, but if Luke Cornette is your backup center, I think in your contender, you're, you know, you like that, that's a little bit of a hole. So right. I think the Celtics might try to go out and get somebody like that. But I think in terms of like really big time impact guys, this Kevin Durant thing to me feels like just a, uh, you know, kind of like, a something like a, like an event that is happening as opposed to, uh, an indication that something else is on the horizon.
0: When you watch the film, though, what was the biggest difference between the Celtics team that you really enjoyed from this year versus like I shouldn't say enjoyed the biggest difference between Ime and Brad that you were like, oh, this is a welcome change or this is this is something new that I had not seen before from this group.
1: It's a good question. Um, You know, I think I'm not sure if there was like I'm not sure if there was a specific thing. I mean, it was Mm. because it was so it was so whirlwind, right? Like like I said, that. That team was was mid, like not mm-hmm. good, like at the start of the season. Like there was very little good about them at the start yeah. of the season. Um, Like, you know, I still was I, I mean, I was almost kind of, yeah, kind of hinting to uh, to friends like, I think they should kind of move on from this core. I don't think it's going to mm-hmm. work. And then, yeah, they go to the finals. And I'm like, OK, I'm a dumb dumb. But
0: um no, but you were right. Everyone was right. Like, that's the whole thing. It's like high to like they were headed that way. Like it, it yeah. happened. It worked out. But like, I think there's a lot of you replay that portion of the season over a hundred times, I think it goes south and ends poorly uh, the vast majority of the time.
1: Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think if you were to pin me down, I think, um, and I'm not sure how much of this was email and how much of it was just development on his part. But I think the way that he used Jason Tatum was, was really interesting and really smart. um, Kind of trying to turn him, you know, step-by-step into like, you know, giving him almost like LeBron James responsibilities, right. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you know, this is a guy now, not only because before, a lot of Jason Tatum's like success was you know, predicated on, is he shooting threes well? And Mm -hmm. now it's not, now he's a guy who, you know, will run a, you know, a bunch of pick and rolls every game. He's a guy who will collapse the defense and kick out and who can make those cross court passes and everything. I know some of that, uh, maybe, maybe most of that was Tatum developing um, and and adding all of that to his game, but you know, whatever, that was probably my, like, you know, my favorite kind of, um, new thing that, that happened a lot this season was just the, the additional, like, you know, the, the big superstar steps that Jason Tatum, the, the very needed superstar steps that Jason Tatum took this year.
0: It feels like there's a Virginia Renaissance happening in, uh, in Boston. You got Sam Hauser, Malcolm Brogdon in the building. I think there's a Virginia theme and I think we can build off this Tom, um, Brad, uh, I know you're a big fan of the program. Um, so this is also to you as well. Uh I think a DeAndre Hunter for Jalen Brown just <laughs> a straight up swap. where Jalen gets to come home. He gets to come back to Atlanta. DeAndre can just do he's the just the Chris Middleton waiting to happen. Just new situation for him. Um Chris ready to go. What a yeah, take. just the quiet, the quiet, uh the quiet assassin, uh who just does his business, the lunch pail guy, he'll fit right in. Um he'll be healthy more than anything. Like that's one thing you can count on is the depth and the minutes that he and will you can't play. always count on that for Jalen. No. So I just think that's something that needs to be considered. So I, I, I don't know where you're at with that, where Brad's at with that, but uh, people are saying that that might make sense for both sides. And Jalen, the, the SMH, if I've ever seen a cry for it, like SMH, three letters, ATL, also three letters. letters
1: yeah i mean if, if you were gonna if you were gonna talk about celtics connections the real one is is portland uh because he mm. just refuses to hire anybody who is not from portland it's very funny <laughs> um but like pure who replace Will
0: hardy with did he do uh, that
1: a, a portland guy okay. um uh, moser yes uh okay so yeah um so yeah no i mean just refuse i mean like you know he, he had it felt very much like an all right, uh, I have to take Will Hardy because he's like super mm. elite, and then uh, everybody else is gonna be Portland, and then Will Hardy's gone. He's like, all right, bet, like, give me another mm. Portland. Bet. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I, I, will say, I, I know you were joking. I think, I think the SMH thing is a little. Um, it could, it could be taken a bunch of different ways. Like, you could mm-hmm. take it as negative for the Celtics, unquestionably, right? You could also take it as Jalen being like, I don't think I'm going anywhere. Stop putting my name in things. True. Like, you know, I'm kind of tired. like I've already talked
0: to Brad and now it's this whole thing where it's like, I'm actually not feeling it. Like, I'm why are all these people tweeting at me like, hey, yeah, don't go. Yeah, SMH, I,
1: yeah. I'm sick of this. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, because um, I mean, I'm on state
0: vacation state. right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Like, I'm yeah, I'm in Turks and Caicos. And, uh, mm. you know, yet again, I'm yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I I mean, I have no idea what I mean. SMH is intentionally vague. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's intentionally, uh, you know, like you can't parse exactly what it means. Uh, so maybe he's upset. Maybe he's not upset at all. I'm not sure. There you go, uh, Tom. What, that I hope that uh, clarifies things for all your listeners.
0: <laughs> I think that clarified it a little bit. All right, cool. Um, well, there you go, Tom. What uh, can the good folks check out from you over on Boston.com and everything else this week?
1: Uh, you know, just uh, general Boston sports coverage. Man, it's been uh, it's been it's been a heck of a week with uh, all the KD stuff. Wrote a column about how the the pursuit of him would be the cold pursuit of a championship. People can mm. go read that on uh, on BDC if they want um and yeah you can follow me on twitter tom underscore nba i make uh mostly just make jokes that nobody laughs at anymore so
0: i still laugh tom i'll always laugh i appreciate you my man yeah <laughs> are you still playing pickup or no
1: uh, i mean uh honestly i stopped at the at the start of COVID, and my knees have never been healthier um, yeah so I kinda just...
0: we're done man there's a point in pickup where it just ends for us like it just ends
1: and there's a point where it's just like, it's, you know, you, you spend all these years like winning pickup games, right? Like mm-hmm. running people off the court. <laughs> and when that starts to slip, it's just like not as fun anymore. It's like, oh, man, like I used to be running me off the court. This sucks. Like,
0: I I don't know about this anymore. so Oh, man. Grandpa Tom has entered the chat what dad tom like i mean my son is five come on yeah that's true well hold on you say that now and the next time you're on the pod he's literally getting ready to go to emerson college like who knows
1: <laughs> uh john corrales would be thrilled if uh, my son went to emerson yes so
0: i just threw out emerson i don't know where it is i just know it's in the northeast is that a boston one yeah yeah, yeah oh, that was, okay. that was quite good by you yeah. I just it sounded like a boss when I've heard Emerson there's like a lot of those schools where it's like 17 people go there and it's like <laughs> those private little things and it's just small liberal arts colleges that cost like $97 uh, thousand right. dollars a year. Um, I choose to go to the pub the big ones the big daddies uh, for my masters and big stuff so paid Manning and uh, shout out to Tennessee volunteers um, and everything school where you get not only an education Tom but you also get athletic department all across the board that's just a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It just means more down here.
1: I would imagine you may get a lot of volunteer opportunities as well. So
0: that is how I want to end this. I appreciate that joke. That was good. That was good. Tom Westerholm, thank you as always. And uh, don't be a stranger, man. Appreciate you. All right, y'all, that'll do it for the Wednesday, July 27th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Holmes Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Tom Westerholm of the Boston Globe. If you did, please, please, please make sure that you leave this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or how you get your podcasts. Uh, another jam-packed show for you guys tomorrow on the Thursday edition, but this will do it for the Wednesday three-part program. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Thank you, as always, for making the Chase Thomas podcast part of your daily listen wherever and however you listen to this program. We greatly appreciate it. Email the show at Podcast at gmail.com. Tweet at me at Chase double underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. All right. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Uncle Derek, how'd I do?